spreading the um, oh, I could leave a pause there to find out. I mean, people are thinking Ben is spreading. He, yeah. What's he spreading? Hopefully, he's not spreading the virus. Is he spreading his legs? <laughs> is he spreading butter onto toast? There's so many ways, some more innocuous than others. Uh, but let's find out. You you did tantalise us before entered by saying Ben is spreading the damp. The, the damp what? The damp former cactus soil on a plastic sheet outside. It's not quite hot enough to dry off the damp soil, but he's going to cover it over with the other half of the sheet. I mean, so that's very dramatic that. because why is Ben messing around with a cactus? Well, I think we should we're in, talk to him about that. We're in week two now, I suppose. Yeah. This is the second week of our lockdown experience and Ben is getting up to stuff with cacti. How's it going, Ben? Take the cactus out of its soil, hopefully it will dry out, and then I need to somehow devise a method of drying soil in the Sheffield climate. So perhaps I could ask for advice, if any of our listeners, we could turn this into an episode of Gardener's Questions. Why are you trying to, what are you trying to do with the cactus? The cactus I haven't quite understood. Uh, well, the cactus is uh, sadly looking very, it's kind of dying really, but I think Ooh. from a bit of research, from what I can tell, the problem is that it's had too much water. How long is this process meant to take, do you think? When will we... The cactus either lives or dies. I mean, I should imagine it's going to be weeks, I would have thought. Weeks. But we may have weeks. Well, whatever happens. So we'll find out what happens with the cactus in the fullness of time, either in this series of The Eagle is Stranded, or if things return to some kind of normality, then there will be a special podcast, a bonus podcast at some point when we know what's happened with the cactus, whether it's good news or whether it's bad news. I'll give it to you straight. When it comes to the cactus, I'll give it to you straight. There's somebody with a car outside. So oh, my goodness. We've got a delivery from the Sheffield fruit and veg place Regatha. Well, it's also a bakery as well. And we're not sure if this is the delivery. If it is, then we will give a hand with the delivery. There is such... It's not stand down. Do you want some sort of lunchy type thing, David? Oh, I don't know. Maybe this might be a good idea to have something. Nope. Mm. Just that people wanted to hear that. So yes. I think was, I'll put some classical music over the top. <laughs> That'd be nice. There's the leftover curry. Oh, there's a knock at the door. Yeah. It'll presumably be the delivery. And I'm pleased to report that the delivery man stayed within the two metre boundary and the parcel was handed over, was just left at the gate. Ellie has retrieved it. Let's have a look at what we've got. My goodness, I did not, when I started recording, did not expect this kind of drama. Still to come, I've got an observation, some stuff to tell you about Paul Temple. But first, what's in the box? Okay, so we've got small sesame and linseed loaf, small seeded millstone loaf, spinach. Oh, and they are chunky spinach leaves. Red potatoes, got some carrots, onion from Lincolnshire. We've got some more leeks from Doncaster. That's some beetroot, Gara's brick. Got some more mushrooms. Do you know where they're from? Armagh. Oh, she, I didn't know she'd uh, brought, give you some stuff as well. Oh, dear. A Savoy cabbage. There'll be another delivery coming as well, listeners, uh, next Wednesday. So that's something to look forward to on The Eagle is Stranded. It's nice to have these regular features. I think we need more regular features, moments that people can look forward to. Will there be another song from a 1940s crazed tea addict? Probably not, I wouldn't imagine. But we do have more on the subject of Paul Temple. We were listening to Paul Temple yesterday. We were listening to another one called The Jonathan Mystery. 1951, well it's 1961 because this is a remake 
of the original 1951 recording because the 1951 recording i think there's only extant versions that have, someone has managed to find actually recorded from the radio but it's very grainy but it's fascinating actually we've listened to a bit of the 1951 recording and you can hear interference from other radio stations so you can hear other radio stations bleeding into the paul temple mystery and it's almost fascinating to work out what's going on in the background more than listening to Paul Temple, because we've got the remix, so we can listen to the, the more clear 1961 version. But I'm fascinated by what is going on in the periphery. I think mean, there's something special in the fact that that will never be heard. That radio station, there's probably not a recording of any of those other radio stations that are bleeding into the Paul Temple mystery. But there's this fragment of a recording. And to me, there's something very magical about that. Does that make any sense, Ellie? Yes. Good. <laughs> no, I just don't know whether... Because to me, that kind of thing really... Yeah, because that was a thing that was pretty much just of its time, not to be repeated. Something of its time, they never thought it was going to be recorded. And yet these snippets. snippets of voices of other radio presenters talking or bits of music from 1951. But we don't know what it is, where it is, it's just there in the background. A palimpsest, perhaps. I'm not sure if I can necessarily claim to be using that word correctly, but it's a lovely word nonetheless. And I'd just like to throw it in now and again. Palimpsest, I'm always saying that. Yeah. I think that's the second time I've said it today. I, was, I think I was speaking to you for three minutes. We were in bed and I, I just said palimpsest. And you said it's just a bit weird to say during sex, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Like an egg with this. That's another thing, that's what she, that's what she says. Um, <laughs> would you like an egg with yeah. a doll? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I mean. How would you do the egg? Well, I'd just cook it in this pan with the doll. All right. I'll tell you what, let's do that. What's in the dal, Ellie? Bread lentils, onions, ginger, garlic, mixture of spices, a little bit of spinach, tomatoes, coconut milk. And now, now just she's cracking in an egg. And I'm having that with the two breads mentioned. The listeners would like maybe a comparison of the two different types of bread. I'll get Ellie to remind us of what those breads are very shortly. So just a very quick recap. Paul Temple is a radio detective. It's a BBC radio series. And we've talked before. He has a catchphrase by Timothy, uh, which he uses for the most innocuous things. If, if he's just sort of seen someone coincidentally, it's like, oh, by Timothy, we were just talking about you. But he'll also use it for if someone's had their head blown off with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> by Timothy's shot his head clean off. Or if someone's got a gun to Paul's head, by Timothy, he's got a gun. By Timothy, so it is. <laughs> by Timothy, so I am. By Timothy, he's in a hurry. By Timothy, just look at that suitcase. Oh! By Timothy. What happened? What was it? I'll give you three guesses. What do you mean? It was a bullet. Now's not the time for a parlour game, Paul. Don't you know what it was? No. I'll give you three guesses. It was a bullet. <laughs> so he's very calm and collected. But the favourite bit of this particular series, Paul and his wife and someone else were in a car. Mavis, the person who was doing the driving, she said, oh, I do apologise, Steve, in the back there. You're, you haven't really got much room. It's quite a mess in the car. And Steve said, Oh, it's okay. I've made myself comfortable. My, I've got my feet resting on your hat box, if that's all right. And she said, the hat box? I haven't got a hat box. And they have some discussion about this. Oh, yes, you do. There's a, there's a case here. No, no, I haven't got a... I don't know what that is. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, you're thinking, well, it's clearly, it's going to be... Someone's planted something there. It's going to be a bomb, isn't it? And then Paul goes, hang on a second. Pull over. 
and she says, no, no, I haven't got a pullover either. And I wouldn't put it in a hat box case that she doesn't say that. But I mean, that would be the kind of thing that would happen on Paul Temple. While there's clearly a bomb that someone's planted in the car. No, no, I don't have a pullover. No, when I say pullover, I mean pull pullover, Mavis. So she pulls over, the car breaks. Well, you're going to hear it anyway. I'm, I don't need to quote it verbatim because I'm going to play the clip now. Are you all right at the back, Mrs Temple? Yes, thanks. I'm afraid there isn't a lot of room. That's all right. But I keep putting my feet on your hat box. I hope it won't mark. My hat box? Hmm. Is there a hat box at the back? Yes, a small one. It's half under your seat. That's funny. I, I don't remember. Wait a minute. Where is it, Steve? There it is. It's a small brown case with a leather buckle. <laughs> I don't know how it got there. It's not mine. Pull up. But we're just going over the bridge. Surely Do as I say. To... Pull up. What are you going to do? Mind your feet, Steve. Let me get the case. Here you are. Have you seen this before? No, I haven't. It doesn't look like a hat box. It doesn't sound like a hat box either. Oh, Paul, what are you going to do? I'm going to throw it into the river. I mean, surely this is wasting valuable time. Surely he doesn't know when the bomb's going to go off. He's just holding it in his hands. Are you sure you don't know what this is? No, no. What are you going to do, Paul? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. No, don't tell them. Just throw it. If you think it's a bomb... Now, I just want you to be mindful of the fact that they've just been in a car. Steve has had her foot resting on this. If she hadn't mentioned the fact that this case was there, because she just assumed it was a hat box, then essentially they would all be dead now. It is an absolute fluke that they're not dead. So you would have thought if something like that happened, there'd be tears. They'd be like, this is, oh, this is unbelievable. But no, this is the reaction when the bomb explodes and they're saved from what would have been certain death. Oh, thank heavens Paul realised what it was. You're a very lucky woman, Mrs Russell. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have an extra egg for breakfast tomorrow. Well done, Paul. He says... You're a very lucky woman, Miss Russell, but he's a very lucky man, and his wife's a very lucky as well, because surely they would die as well. It wouldn't just be her that dies. Paul's wife is out of feet on this. They're completely unfazed. Well, thank you for the lift. Thank you. <laughs> You'd never think anything had happened two minutes after the event. Well, thank you for the lift. Thank you. A pleasure. Have you any idea why it was planted there? Oh, I can't imagine. It wasn't exactly a friendly gesture, was it? That rather depends on your friends. Well, not really. <laughs> it's still not... <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> at all. Yesterday, we put a photograph of... Because the podcaster is called Gina G and Genetically Modified Sheep. If you want to know why, go on back and listen to that. But Ellie, for the image for that particular episode of The Eagle Stranded, put a picture of Gina G next to a painting of a sheep. I then, on Twitter... I tagged Gina G in it. I mentioned her. Well, she was Gina G official. I made sure it was the official one. It wasn't one of the, uh, the counterfeit Gina Gs out there. You can imagine there's a lot of people wanting to pretend that they're Gina G. I liked the idea of maybe a publicist or a legal team or something like that listening to the Eagle of Stranded episode to find out what was said. And I especially like the idea that Gina G wasn't even mentioned until over five minutes into it. So that they would have had to have listened to a discussion about Paddington Bear, us having a walk through rural Sheffield, and then just sort of going, what the bloody hell is going on here? But we, we must listen. We have a duty to Gina G. 
to listen. But unfortunately, I didn't get anything back from Gina G or any of her company. But we'll, we, we, we can but wait. I will let you know. There's so much to look forward to. Will we hear back from Gina G or someone related to Gina G? I was trying to think of who might be related to Gina G. I was trying to think of other Gs. Mel B from the Spice Girls with Mel G for a bit. So maybe she's related to Gina G. Maybe. My goodness. Maybe. Who's she? Uh, Is she Mel B's sister? Yeah. Oh, why was she Mel G anyway? She married a man called Jimmy Golzar, who was one of their backing dancers in the early 2000s. How do you know this? Because I know stuff about the Spice Girls. Bloody hell. <laughs> so she was Mel G and then they got divorced and she went back to being Mel B again. Yeah, if she'd have married Axel F, then she'd have changed it to F, then her name would be F. So then she'd have been Mel B F G yeah. at one point. Anyway. <laughs> Goodbye.